That show, a number of commentators have made the point that uh, President Trump had a tough week last week, culminating with the verdict in the E. Jean Carroll case where he has to pay her damages, both punitive damages and compensatory damages, uh, for $83.3 million. And uh, that was a tough week for President Trump. Uh, This week, a lot of people are saying, could be even tougher because uh, by the end of the day tomorrow, uh, Judge Engeron in uh, the New York fraud case against the Trump business empire uh, could end up, uh, well, the prosecutors are asking for $370 million. Uh, what does all this mean? And what uh, comes next in the array of legal challenges for the former president who wants to be the future president? Nobody knows better about what's going on and understands it more deeply, it seems to me, than John Yu, who is the Emanuel S. Heller Professor of Law at University of California at Berkeley. He's a non-resident senior fellow at American Enterprise Institute and a visiting fellow at the Hoover Institution at Stanford. Uh, John, you've uh, had some uh, publicity recently for comments you made about the uh, assessment uh, of what the damages that Trump is looking at, what those payments really mean. What you're saying and have said before in the media, I wonder if you still believe that applies. The main message for Trump is if you don't shut up uh, on items that have nothing really to do with politics or policy, if you don't shut up on that, it's going to cost you a fortune. Is uh, that the message that is being sent? Yes. You could say that uh, Trump now has the most expensive curse jar in the world. <laughs> so you might have had one. I didn't have one, but I saw other people had that. Every time you want to curse, you have to put a dollar in a jar. Well, his is $20 million in insult. <laughs> right? So if I were his lawyer, I would say, shut up. Stop talking about Gene Carroll. It's not important. It doesn't have to do with the presidency at all. This is a dispute that he's lost now twice. Every time he opens his mouth about her, he's going to pay more money. The best thing to do is just let it go and focus on what's important, which is running for president. Uh, It makes no sense to keep talking about it. And that's actually what uh, I put behind that is the larger issue, which is, Stop showing disrespect for the legal system because he, the reason he lost this huge judgment, uh, it's a punishment because he essentially defied the first original court case where he was found to have defamed Gene Carroll. So stop showing such utter contempt for the legal system. Obey the judicial decisions and leave it alone and just go off and campaign for president. Okay, what about the decision that's supposed to be handed down tomorrow? about how much he is going to have to pay on this New York fraud case, uh, the case that Judge Engeron is uh, uh, meditating on right now. That's uh, very probably also going to cost a great deal of money to President Trump, isn't it? Well, that's potentially much more threatening even than Jean Carroll, although it would depend how many more times Trump wanted to insult her. So if he insulted her like 15 more times, 
he could get up to the $300 million that he could potentially have to pay. But if uh, Trump's net worth, you know, if it's, uh, as he claims, around a billion dollars or so, you're talking about him potentially losing 30 percent of all his money and assets. You would think that that would require him to sell assets, to go into whatever cash he has. Uh, potentially, uh, he also might have to leave New York City. He uh, might potentially, the judge might also order uh, his businesses to all stop doing business in the state of New York. That could be really damaging to his business. But it has the same feature uh, as the the Carroll case in this respect. This case also has nothing to do with the presidency. This is allegedly about the Trump businesses inflating their assets to get good deals on mortgages, essentially. But it has nothing to do with Trump's presidency at all. And so in a way, Trump Trump has done two things. He's made his legal case worse and worse because he's turned that, case, that trial with Judge Egeron into a circus. He's gone into court. He's taunted the judge. He's attacked the judge to the judge's face. Right? He showed up and basically tried to represent himself as a lawyer in court, which is never a good idea, let me tell you. And then, but somehow he turned that to his political advantage because it dominated the airwaves. It consumed all the media attention, made it hard for any of his opponents in the primaries to get any airtime, get any oxygen. But now that he seems to be on his way to wrapping up the primaries, he's got to live with all the damage he's doing to himself in the courts. Well, doesn't this also set up, I mean, uh, there is a possibility, at least, is there not, that uh, uh, at least one of the two Jack Smith cases that have to do with national security and are are really much more serious, uh, that those cases may end up uh, going to trial before the election? This is an interesting thing. I think, you know, when we've talked about these cases before, uh, I've said that the Jack Smith case is really the most serious case and the more, most important case, because if President Trump did participate in an insurrection on January 6th, then it really should be the federal government that should prosecute him for it and should prove its case before a jury. Um, and you can see it in interesting ways. All the other cases are sort of falling off, off to the wayside now. It looks like the classified documents case is not really going to move forward before the election. It looks like the DA case that Alvin Bragg has bought, brought that also really is not involving the, what President Trump has done or not done. That's as president. the hush money for porn stars yeah. case. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got to come up with a scorecard with all these, you know, funny ways to remember these. Things, the yeah, the, so the documents yeah. in the bathroom at Mar-a-Lago, that's the one case. That... <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the bathroom documents case doesn't seem to be moving quickly. The uh, porn star payoff uh, hush money case, that one that also, there, you see no attention to it. You don't hear about it moving forward either. The Georgia case seems to be, uh, this is the Georgia case which claimed the Trump campaign is a, was a huge uh, racketeering and organized crime business. That it seems to be imploding because of all yeah, the racketeering of a kind of a romantic kind involving uh, Fonnie Willis. Exactly. So that so, but the one that is still standing is Jack Smith's January sixth prosecution. Now, right now, it's tied up in court because there's an appeal going up 
to, I think, ultimately the Supreme Court about whether President Trump is immune. Once that's settled, then you're right. We might start seeing a restart in the trials, which could be this summer. Okay. When we come back, um, we were talking about what, which cases of the many, many cases faced by President Trump have anything really to do with his past presidency or potential future presidency. Uh, we will get more on John Hugh, professor of law at University of California at Berkeley, a visiting fellow of the Hoover Institution at Stanford, the author of the uh, delightful and best-selling and very informative book, The Politically Incorrect Guide to the Supreme Court, part of the Politically Incorrect Guide series. Uh, With all of these cases uh, approaching for President Trump, uh, <laughs> and at, at what point uh, would this be uh, basically concluded? The, the chances seem to be enormous that whether he wins the election or not, uh, whether he is the new president or not, that some of these legal problems would continue, would they not? Oh, yes. In fact, as we were discussing just before the break, several of the cases just don't have to do with President Trump as president. And so those cases will continue. Uh, you know, winning the presidency doesn't exempt you from, uh, you know, the legal you know, liabilities that you had as a private citizen. So the uh, Alvin Bragg case would be one that could continue. The uh, Georgia case potentially uh, could continue because her claim, you know, Danny, uh, Fannie Willis is the DA in Fulton County, Georgia. Her claim is essentially the things that Trump did as a candidate were illegal. And the courts have said that's by definition not official action. That's your actions as a private citizen. So the tricky thing, and this would be something that's unprecedented for us, uh, as many things are uh, that have been happening with Trump in the legal system, is what do you do if a, with a sitting president, suppose President Trump wins? What do you do with all these cases? Uh, they're going to interfere with Trump's job as president. Are we going to allow them to go forward? Uh, does he still have to sit for depositions? Does he have to sit in a courtroom? What happens if he's convicted? So uh, this happened, of course, to Bill Clinton with the lawsuit brought against him by Paula Jones. And Bill Clinton tried to make the argument that while he was president, all of these kinds of cases should be put over. They should be suspended and they should resume after he leaves office because they would be too burdensome. He couldn't do his job as president. This is actually an argument that was first made by uh, Thomas Jefferson, in fact, when he was sued as president. And the Supreme Court ruled, you know, I think it was eight to one or even unanimously. I that, think it was eight argument. to zero. It was somebody had recused himself or herself. Oh, but Yeah, that's right. And so the answer was the Supreme Court said, no, you, you, if you're president, but you're being sued for things you did when you weren't president, you don't get any kind of immunity. You don't get a pause while you're in office. The legal system will continue. So that's well, I presume this, that this would include this would include the would go forward. Yeah, 
This this would include the three hundred and seventy million dollars that that is it uh, potentially on the line uh, in the case it'll be announced uh, tomorrow. I think uh, that's the Judge Engeron case for uh, fraud for criminal fraud by the Trump business empire. That it, he wouldn't nothing about his election as president would exempt him from the responsibility to pay that money. Does that money go to the state of New York? Is that where it goes? Yeah, it's a it's a fine. So it goes to it's a, a nice boost to the New York Treasury. <laughs> in fact. Yeah, and he's uh, already paid he's already paid twenty five million on the uh Trump University case for the fraud there. That's right. So all these these kind of cases that are brought by the Attorney General that are uh, as this cases are brought by DA as in the Bragg case, those will all go to the city or state of New York. Okay. Is there anything other than voting against him? Is there any uh, indictment or conviction that could prevent him from taking office if he won the election? So um, most of the time, no. The Constitution does only set out three qualifications for presidential office and sadly not being a felon <laughs> isn't one of them <laughs> those founders they really didn't think of everything <laughs> but you know so here's one way it could happen is uh, and the supreme court is hearing a case in just a few weeks about whether under the 14th amendment colorado could disqualify trump from the ballot because he was an insurrectionist and uh I, many people, myself included, don't expect the Supreme Court will say Colorado can't make that decision on its own or that the presidency is not covered by uh, that clause of the Constitution, um, doesn't mention the president and mentions officers of the United States. But suppose uh, Trump is convicted by Jack Smith, uh, even though Jack Smith didn't charge Trump with insurrection, the facts of the charges them from January 6th. Maybe states will then turn around after that and say, okay, now we're going to disqualify him under the 14th Amendment, because now a federal court has held Trump did things on January 6th, which meet the definition of insurrection. That's the only way I think that any of these, these ongoing cases could stop Trump from taking office. That's absolutely fascinating. And it, of course, raises the obvious question. Is there any realistic uh, chance that uh, that case with Judge Chutkin, I believe, presiding, that yes. that could move forward and uh, be resolved before the election? It's going to be close. So originally, oh, no. <laughs> it's going to be really close. No, I know. That's, that's not what you want to hear. But the original trial date was supposed to be in March, but that's been suspended because Trump appeal, took this appeal on the question whether he had some kind of immunity. Absolute immunity, um, yeah. Yeah, and so while that's going up, it's at the appeals court in Washington, D.C. right now, and so Judge Chutkin has said, we're not going to do anything until we hear back, because that could dispose of, if, if Trump were to win, I don't think he would, but if he were to win, that would end the whole case. So I'm sure Trump will appeal whatever. I expect to lose in the D.C. Circuit. That's the appeals court. It will go to the Supreme Court. That's more months, maybe a month or two if the court's really fast. Then I think Trump might appeal other issues of a similar kind. 
that would also have the effect of ending the case. For example, the Supreme Court has granted, and we'll hear this spring, about whether the central charge that's being used against Trump and the other January 6 protesters actually applies to what happened on January 6. It's not a case involved that where Trump's a party, but if the Supreme Court were to hear that case and strike that down, that would knock out the central charges against Trump that are being brought by Jackson. That would delay the trial even more. So maybe the case could start this summer after the Supreme Court's decisions at the end of June. And if it's a fast, fast trial, maybe it could get done by just before the election. So President Trump looks like he is more eager to (laughs) spend time in courtrooms uh, answering the charges against him than he is talking about future policy for the United States on the debate stage uh, against uh, Nikki Haley. Do you think that Trump is going to be willing to debate Joe Biden or Joe Biden going to be willing to debate Trump? Or is that whole thing just a prospect too depressing to even consider? <laughs> well, here, here they could de- they could debate them each other in the courtroom. <laughs> Since President Biden is the actual employer <laughs> of Jack Smith, maybe they should just make a date to meet and actually with a trial itself this summer. But uh, I so this is a, some, I'm not sure about this. I think this is really a political issue. Is Trump succeeded in using all these trials to basically seize all the spotlight for the primary? I'm not sure that's a continuing successful strategy for a general election uh you know when you the court thing you know he used that to say i'm being persecuted to republican voters but for independence i think maybe showing up in court all the time might be a reminder why they don't like trump and so it's a good strategy for him to continue showing up in court continue making a circus out of proceedings it may harm him in the general election Absolutely fascinating. John Yu, his most recent contributions are posted at our website, plus information about his great